and welcome to the Carpetrage Podcast, episode 240. I'm Eric Berger, doined. doined. <laughs> uh, I can't start over. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Ryan Snitsky. Hi. Yeah, hi. I'm it's, here. Uh, it's one of those days. Hi. Yeah, it was my second 30th birthday. Oh, so. God. I had a company party. You had a birthday. We are, we're alive. I found out somebody from the ice. She's like, I used to like go out to like heavy metal shows and stuff with her. Mm-hmm. And I was always like, you know, we would drink a lot there. And I like don't anymore. Like, pretty much the extent of my drinking is having a beer with you on this podcast, and then, like, maybe one on, like, a Wednesday or something. Ice, on the other hand, like, is just, like, taking shots of whiskey, like, regularly, and, like, going out partying, like, all the time still. She's, like, older than me. She's, like, 33. I don't get how she does this. I cannot hold my liquor. No. So. Um, so, yeah, she gave me, like, a solitary shot of Jameson. I had two beers. And uh, that gave me a hangover. So now Great. I have a hangover. That's uh, yeah, fun. You were telling me you found like the new floor. That's my floor. It's <laughs> the minimum I've had, I've had, ever had to drink to have a hangover. So that's great. I even drink water. I think it's just the fact that it's Jameson. My body just like rejects cheap liquor. <laughs> Jameson's not that bad, but I could see that being like a gut rot, brain rot type yeah. of thing. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it was a problem. I just realized when we were starting, I didn't even check the camera, so those weren't working, but now they are. So. Well, now they're here. Hello. Yay. So Twitch people won't be quite as upset oh, with us. Yeah. No, I found out at the uh, company party, A, it was on a weekend, which is just dumb. B, no open bar. C, it's almost a month after Christmas. Like, I Co- just... Company parties, there's never a good time for them. Well, normally I do enjoy them, but it's usually like right after work on a Friday. I'm like, okay, whatever. Even then, like, there's never a good time for it, because you always have to put something else aside. Like, don't get me wrong, I like going to them. But there's never like a good time. It's like a hol- it's like a family event. Like there's never a time in which yes, this is a great time for a family event. Because like guess. the closest thing to a good time for a family event is like Thanksgiving. Even then, I'm like <laughs> now I have to leave my house. Well, that's been on the yeah. I mean, that's on a regular <laughs> calendar with no other. I mean, every yeah. calendar has got Thanksgiving. And, and even it, so. then, I'm still sitting. Oh, man, I could just be in my house, but now I'm here, not in my house. I mean, why would you want to celebrate Thanksgiving anyway? I mean, what that's based on is yeah, it, it, no, yeah, it's not genocide. It's, it's also vaguely Jan's birthday. Oh, perfect! Because no. it usually happens around her birthday. <laughs> vaguely Jan's birthday. Well, it's the, it's the last Thursday in November, and she's November twenty fifth. So okay. it's vaguely True. her birthday. That yeah. is that is quite close. Yeah, so it's pretty much her birthday party. I concede that is very close. All right. Well, did we do Patreon? No, we didn't. No, let's no, do Patreon. We haven't done Patreon or beer. Uh, right. Patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage. On this fancy schmancy little webpage that I've spent almost no time on at all, you'll find two open-ended levels of support for content consumers like you to support content creators, creators like curmudgeons. I'm, dude, I'm content not doing well curmudgeons. today. Content curmudgeons like us. That's way better than creators. <laughs> That's actually what we are, really. Way more accurate. I spent mo- most of the time before we were recording complaining about how much I don't like being around car people. So yeah, uh, that's fair. No, I was I was lamenting engineers all morning, and we'll talk. I'll talk about that in two forty one. But anyway, patreon.com forward slash carpetrage. Thank you very much. Right. Uh, moving on to drinks, you have coffee. I have coffee. Um, we've just described from last night. That yeah. is probably a wise move. Yeah. No, you asked me if I wanted a beer, and I said I don't know, dude. I'm really considering a twelve step. <laughs> the way you presented it earlier was arguably even better, but I don't remember it. So uh, yeah, I've got a silver bullet tall boy. There's a hams and a koozie in case Ryan changes his mind. But yeah, that's not happening. I started my day with <laughs> McDonald's coffee because it's I've been up since seven on a Saturday or Sunday. I tried to get up early because like Trigo like, had like a gun show you want me to go to, of course. and I'm like, oh man, that sounds really cool. Like I want to go to that. That sounds great. Yeah, but we know you, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, and you know what happens? There's no you getting out of bed. It, well, it started at nine a.m., which is like this is a time I can get to. Yes, this is good. 
And so like I woke Potentially. up. I woke up at eight, and I'm like, I woke up and I'm like, I had a pounding headache. I'm like, mm-mm. nope. <laughs> Close the windows again. Go back to bed. Put on my sunglasses. Go to bed. Yep. <laughs> I always get concerned when the cats come up on my bed and start wanting pets. I'm like, oh no, that means it's later than I want it to be. But they did that this morning. It was like 5:45. I'm like, get away from me. Lucy does that like every morning because well, he knows what time I wake up, mm-hmm. and so like he goes like into my bed when I'm going to wake up. Yeah. And because I'm pretty sure he uses the light rail as a clock because he he hangs out in his room, he watches the light rail go by and he loves it. He loves watching people fight and stuff. Like, it's great. Little do you know he's got money riding on those fights. right? (laughs) Kick his ass, Seabass. He's got a little computer in there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Unibookie.net. Yeah, exactly. Um, But he, uh, you know, every morning he comes in about 9.30 and he hops up on top of me. And he like starts purring and making biscuits on me, and then he sits down and he just loafs on top of me until I wake up. It's very cute. Highly recommend it. Yeah. And if I'm not laying on my back, then I'll usually be like laying on my side, and then he uses my legs as a chair and he sits upright. (laughs) I'm a human. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I must make like some noise just as I'm about to wake up because Jada knows. Modi just spends the whole night by me, but Jada will always show up right when I'm about to get up. That's adorable. That's wonderful. And she'll trap me in with the covers and these are these are quite good roommates that you have. Yeah, no, these are way better than any other roommates. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's get on to the first topic. Neither speaking, here nor there. speaking of fuzzy friends, yes. um, I we have a listener who's actually a new listener here. Um, hey. And is a old friend of mine. So Welcome, his listener. Name, his name is Nick. He's from, um, I want to say Detroit. That's not correct at all. He's from Duluth. Uh, and he, although does not have a cat, he's got a dog. But don't worry. It falls within the acceptable range of dogs where you either get a corgi or mm-hmm. you need to have a horse. Of a dog, and he's got a St. Bernard, and look at his adorable St. Bernard puppy. It's I'll, very I'll like fuzzy. It when it's huge. Yeah, it's very fuzzy. And it has fuzzy. a casker on his neck. Yeah, and so he's going to get massive. So, Nick needs to get a new car. Oh, um, oh God. He I want, think he needs a bus. Yeah, he, well, pretty much, this is what makes it difficult, because he's got a St. Bernard that right. he needs to comfortably fit in the car. We know that St. Bernard will fit in a Fiat 500, but not comfortably. I've seen it on the top yes. here. Yes, <laughs> we've seen it. It's not happy. Um, so what he does need is he needs a manual, and he needs all-wheel drive. Reason being. Honda Element. He's, yep, we're getting there. Um, he actually does legitimately need all-wheel drive, because he lives, like, up north, the roads aren't regularly plowed where his house is. Minimum maintenance. Yeah. And he's got like a dirt driveway. So it's like getting stuck and stuff is like a real life problem for him. And like, it's not just like because snow tires, it's because you need four wheels of traction, not just two. Cause if the two wheels are in the mud, he needs ground clearance more than anything else. He needs a V he needs a real vehicle. So, uh, his price range is $12,000. Uh, he's currently considering a legacy GT wagon. He's no. open to other options. I told him no as well. Um, Element. You can get the world's nicest manual EXL or I, XP. So Element. I was thinking that, and actually, Elements you get into a weird, like, gray area, because they're very, very good, sub nine thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and then there's like this like gray area where it's like you don't get much car for the dollar between twelve thousand and like thirty thousand dollars, and then right. you have flawless ones. So you have like two hundred thousand mile example ones, or you have like very very good ones. Yep. The ones that are between like forty and like one hundred and sixty thousand miles are like 
not cared for. I was going to say, yeah. I have they're worked e- on two of those, and they yes. needed everything. They're, they're either perfect or they're, like, completely clapped. The only difference between a $3,500 element and a ten grand element is how up-to-date the service is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> that's literally the difference. And so. Yeah. Up from ten to forty, it's just mileage. That's yeah, it. that's it. Yeah, and so that that thing is like I thought about an element, but in the twelve k range, <clears> I can get something a little bit better than an element. So I found two options on TrueCar.com. Um, I found a manual all-wheel drive Jeep Renegade. I have a link to cool. it. Yeah, right there. Um, I think this like legitimately would be a perfect car. Oh, that's a good price for a um, Renegade manual, actually. Yeah, it, it's eleven <laughs> nine, and it's like it's. I can't remember where it is. It's in like a southern state as well, so you don't have to worry about like any rusted bolts or anything. And it's got thirteen grand in the uh, windshield, so you know they can't sell it because it's a stick. Yeah, exactly. So it's. Uh, I'm so happy people bought these. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a color. It's orange. Like yep. it's a real life color. The only manuals I've ever seen have been orange and this spec. Yeah, yeah. There, there's three of them on True Car, and they're all exactly this. Oh, sorry, there's a white one. And the white one I would not get because it's not a color. But yeah. I forgot where town this is in. Doesn't say. Oh, uh, North Carolina. Okay. So yeah, it's not. Um, it's not like in a northern state where it's like it, it's a Fiat, really. So yep. you don't have to worry about rusting. You do have to worry about hardware getting stuck, though. That's a thing because Fiat doesn't make every bolt that they put on the car, but they make the car itself. So you don't have to worry about the car rusting. You just have to worry about bolts breaking. Um, yeah, I mean, at least it should be factory undercoated since it's a uh, a Fiat. And this is actually one of the lower mile ones I found because the manual Renegades, like they're usually in like this price range at like double the mileage, and this is 112k on it. And so uh, Nick was, uh, I mentioned this to him. He was a little worried because it was a Fiat, and he goes, he's like, I don't want Fiat maintenance. And I told him like, it's the most you, reliable engine be, in the entire world. Yeah, I told him between <clears> you and me, like we've put like 300,000 miles on the 14T between us. Yeah, and I've done. Um, I need to do struts. And then I had to fix my brakes once, and that was it. Yeah, I did have and to do... And those are mileage maintenance items. A rear caliper on one of my 500s. Yeah, that's but it. That's Yeah, the engine was always spot on. Even the one in my 124, which is now tuned, is still to, spot on. To be fair, you did have one that grenaded a transmission, but it was not the car's fault. That's because the driver at the time it was money the, shifted it. No, it was the, the Fiat was because the dealer, Scott, sued... Fiat Chrysler. No, I was talking about the one when um, Aaron was driving it, and he money shifted it from the fifth to third. When he was, or from fourth to third instead of fifth, and he just shredded the transmission, the red one, when he was still living with you. He fucked up the tranny when he was borrowing it. Uh, I think that was that wasn't Aaron. That was um. Was it not Jamie? Aaron? That was Jamie. I was blaming Aaron for that. Oh, in no, my J- head, Jamie my Gale rented the car for me and never yes. paid. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she did damage to the trains, but not entirely her fault. The axle seal was damaged when okay. FCA did the front suspension on it, and mm. it ran low on oil. Okay, so so that's what it was. So yeah. it, again, not the car's fault. Nope. So very reliable vehicle. Um, <laughs> that's actually, shown because the transmission I bought was seventy five dollars. <laughs> actually, yesterday I did break the armrest in my Fiat too. <clears throat> you have a pre fourteen? Yeah, thirteen. Yeah, fourteen. The armrest got a lot better. Very annoyed. But mechanically... I, you know why I broke my armrest? Because Janet got in the back seat and didn't close the door, and it was windy and cold, and I tried to close the door, and my hand slipped, and I fell back and bent the armrest and broke it in half. Damn it. And I was like, thanks, Shanna. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no, the 1.4 is a great engine. Yeah, no, the, these are awesome. Um, and even though the 2.4s are... 
They're fine. Yeah, those are fine. those are Chrysler engines. Yeah, but I mean, even then, like the two four is not a problem child. No, but yeah, this is a one four. You can have like fun with it, and like if Nick wanted to, like if he got wild hair and wanted to make his daily driver like really cool, mm-hmm. they make layovers for these. Um, you can raise or lower them. You can put on exhausts and tuning components from Fiat 500 Abarths and sport turbos and stuff. So there's like stuff you can do with it. You're not just stuck with a weird old one-off car. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is definitely a good one. The other one I found um, was mostly because it is such a unicorn. I didn't even know you could get this vehicle in this spec. Let me open up the link here. It's a Toyota RAV4. Okay. Four-wheel drive manual. First generation as well. Too old. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, it, exactly. The, the Renegade's the correct answer. But well, it was older than an element. I would take an element over this. But this is cool as hell, though. I didn't know you could get a manual four-wheel drive first-gen RAV4. I, I knew you could get a I manual. I did. I didn't know you could get one in a four-door. Yeah, I just didn't know you could get with all-wheel drive, because every time I've seen a manual, that's been front-wheel drive. I think Dirt Every Day took a two-wheel drive 4x4 manual apart. Oh, cool. For a project. Yeah. This, this is really clean. Yeah, it's got a center locking, like the center differential locks. Like it's really so it's cool. actually four wheel drive. Yeah, it's a real <laughs> four wheel drive, like actual <laughs> truck. It's really rad. So, yeah, so this has the three SFE. I mean, yeah, it would be okay. That'd but be a really cool truck. They're well, so slow. No, they're not fast, but like if like if Nick wanted to take that down to like a Radwood event or something, he could for like a year until it rusts in half. Yeah, um, but buy the Renegade. If yeah, not, get an Element. I think the Renegade is the best option. Or if you can find a reasonable element that's not either $5,000 or $50,000. Yeah, if you can find one that's high miles but has, like, a record of the, all of the suspension mm-hmm. and, like, a drive shaft being done, you're good. Yeah. Because, like, the interior holds up really, really well. And I, I told him, like, if manual is not a requirement, like, if he was, like, if he was, like, dead set on Subaru for whatever reason, I told him if, if, you, for, if you make that mistake, get a flat <clears> six. <throat> Automatic. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Because you're better off you automatic in a flat six than you are EJ with a manual because it's just... It's, it's going such... to last longer. The 4 EAT with the like, like an EZ30 is way more reliable. It, it, <laughs> it, they actually sound really cool when you put exhaust on them. They mm-hmm. kind of sound like a Porsche. So They do. They sound like a, like a 996. So. <laughs> like yeah, a, they even have like the fan noise even though there's no fan. Yeah, they make, they make the fan noise and everything. They kind of sound... Well, yeah, because they, like they have an electric fan that's on all the time because it's the same radiator. That they put in the four cylinders, and now it's a six uh, extra like liter. Of, like, <laughs> the clutch fans just like I, I, yeah, I the, gotta the, stay the fans on, bro. Just on at all times. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. It does make the fan noise like a Porsche. So I think I would go Jeep Renegade um, Element. If you had to get a Subaru for go the manual, get the automatic flat six. I would recommend an all track manual before I would recommend a Subaru Auto, but. An Alltrack manual? Yeah. Which Alltrack? There's so many Alltracks. No, the one that was just called an Alltrack. The one that ended like a year ago from Volkswagen. The, the Golf, I think. Okay, he actually mentioned that. He's, he mentioned he would like a, a diesel Alltrack, but you couldn't get a diesel Alltrack in America. Yeah, you can get you're a Mark at, 6 wagon. But... You're stuck with a 118. Then the new 118, not the real 118. Right, but the new 118 doesn't seem to have quite as many catastrophic issues this as is the 2.0. The thing is the 2.0 also is a horrible nightmare. 
So like anything's better than a two zero. Yeah. It's like saying yeah. like yes. it, it's like Chrysler <laughs> in like nineteen ninety one saying we've made more power <clears throat> and it's like cool. Our like, new V six which like, doesn't have as many problems. Like, cool. The three eighteen <sighs> cubic inch V eight now makes one hundred and fifty horsepower and seven hundred and forty five. Like the, the, you have you have such a low bar for reliability compared to two OT. Let's cut that bad that boy in half from like a four cylinder. The new one eight would be like even then like when I was working at Good Karma I was still seeing that, like they were beginning to come in. Yeah, we were beginning to see weird problems, and I was yeah. like, uh. <laughs> so. I, I, I feel like the one eight T, the new one's got like just plastic part issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that first gen teething plastic part issue. So yes. mechanically, it might be okay with a stick. Like Nolan has one, and he's got a bunch of miles on his now. He's not had any mechanical issues, but like you have to really maintain them. No, I mean there are people in the world that have. 202s are all reliable, but... My boss's wife is one of them. Every time I get in that Q5, I'm like, this thing's just going to blow up. It's got like 90,000 miles, I don't know. I'm mm. like... It's getting to that point. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like, just because one person did it, don't... Ass- don't it's gamble. not a microcosm. Yeah, don't assume that you're going to have that same experience. <laughs> right. You're going to have a bad experience. You're going to have a bad time. Yeah, I'm like... V6s were cool in, like, the 2000s because, like... They weren't at 200,000 miles and spitting out timing chains that are, like, sandwiched between the transmission and engine. Mm-hmm. Like, now VR6s are, are no longer cool. And, like, really, the last time Volkswagen made a half-decent engine was over 10 years ago. The 3OT is decent. Uh, it's pretty good. There is a plastic coolant pipe that goes underneath the intake manifold that separates the O-ring because... The coolant pipe expands faster than the engine. Because it's a different material? Yes, and it pinches that O-ring. And, <laughs> and there's it, no heat up top, right? I mean, the supercharger doesn't make any heat. No, none, none at all. Um, <laughs> and then you will have enough coolant in there, I've actually seen it short out of fuel injector. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen I've seen him puddle that much coolant in there. Weird how that... electrolyte is conductive. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? So... Yeah, I wouldn't say the three OT is that great. It's it's fine. It's fine per Audi standards. Again, we're talking about the difference between like the one eight T and the two OT. Yeah, we're like you're still like the best engine they've made in the last twenty years is still like meh. <laughs> that's like yeah. Volkswagen getting like five out of ten. It's mm. like a kid that's on academic like probation getting a C, and he's like, oh my god, I can breathe again. That was me. Yeah, it was me too. Like I can breathe again. This is great. Like so. Yeah, definitely cheap Renegade. That that would be my my top tip. I will take the Renegade over everything I came up with. So, um, have you spent any time on YouTube in the last week? Yeah, uh, yeah I spent a lot of time watching Unreal tutorials on YouTube. Okay. Did you get any recommendations uh, for a, a Gordon Murray vehicle? I didn't on YouTube, but I saw it somewhere. It got shared to me. And I mentioned it. I think maybe Balto showed it to me, and I okay. mentioned how everything that's remotely related to McLaren has the most uninspired design I've ever seen in my life. And I, okay. So these <laughs> showed up in my recommendations. I'm in agreement. These showed up in my recommendations, just countless, countless times. So I think there was an embargo. That, uh, that almost just looks lifted. cool. Actually, even that looks like it, the, it looks like a Tommy Mike and ZZ too. The side profile does the front has a little bit or no, of sorry, mirror not, not to Tommy, it. Not Tommy, Tommy Mike and Tommy Kyra. I don't even know what a Mikanen is, but yeah. Tommy Mikanen was a uh, Finnish rally driver. So this car has some interesting... That's kind of cool. So what what are we looking at here? So It's a Gordon Murray Automotive T33. Yep. So two years ago... What is that? He Actually, it was last year. uh, We talked about the T50. His McLaren F1 successor. He did everything the best 
that he could at the time, but this was 92 versus 2021. So yeah. that car is and always will be his halo, apparently. But this is essentially a slightly retuned. When the uh, when the interviewer said detuned, he corrected them and said retuned. Um, it's designed to make a little more low-end torque. It doesn't rev quite as high. So this only revs to 11,100 RPM instead of 12,100 okay. RPM. But it uses essentially the same Cosworth 4-liter V12. Manual transmission, but it does have an option for an X-Track pre-selection paddle box, which sounds odd. Yeah, I, I need to look into exactly. It said it's electro-hydraulic pre-selection. I'm like, okay, so you have a 1964 Porsche 911 auto box in there. As I say, a um, Renault Gardini 8 uh, ferromagnetic clutch. What year was that? <laughs> Uh, 1965 shoot <laughs> yeah anyway so the t33 it's it's a two-seater it's not a three abreast like the mclaren f1 to the t50 so it's a little bit more conventional but to your point like every time we see one of these it's in silver and it just kind of looks boring this because that's what the Arrow most exciting like. one i've ever seen this is like the of all of his vehicles mm-hmm. he's made mclaren f1 included i mm-hmm. will go as far as to say that this is probably the most exciting one i've ever seen because i grew up playing like uh, Tokyo Extreme Racer and like Gran Turismo, like PlayStation Two era, like racing games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you could just control T and Google the Tommy Kaira K A I R A uh, ZZ Two. I, I definitely use that in one of the Gran Turismos. I think the side profile is very similar. It reminds me a lot of a ZZ Two. <clears throat> like a ZZ Two would like easily fit. Like it's kind of like crossing a ZZ Two and a ZZ One. But it looks like one of the Tommy Kyra like one-off cars. Well, not really one-off, but one of the Tommy Kyra cars. The greenhouse and the roof. Yeah, I get. Yeah. I get updated Mira on the front, and I get XJ220 in the back. Yeah, the XJ220 rear end. Yeah, mm. I mean it's it, it's cool. I like it. Like I'm not mad about the car. Like of all of the things that he's been that's like been related to the word McLaren in the last thirty years, this but, is probably the most aesthetically pleasing one I've seen. And the biggest credit I can give him, the T50 was manual only. This is manual with the option of an auto, but they've pre-sold over 50% of the cars at this point, which is 150 units. Guess what the percentage of take rate is between the two transmissions? Manual 100%. Not quite, but very close. They had three automatic orders. Good. Yeah, and I hope I hope that they end at that point. He had mentioned, like... Actually, I want him to have automatics. I want the automatics to, like, plummet in value like Corvette style. I want to be worthless, just absolutely worthless. But you know those are going to be more expensive because no, the people that really want one, are, you're going to be searching for be six cars instead of 300. Yeah, no, it's still going to be a manual. But I, you have to get the stick. Rarity does not <clears throat> mean desirability. Right. Like Yeah, just because it's rare does not mean it's valuable. My um, 86 Subaru GL10 is rare. It's not desirable <laughs> yet. We'll get to the next story. I'll tell you about it. But oh man, um, it, just because it's rare does not mean it's good. Like, but I think that it's good that it's got a manual option though. That's well, cool. I mean, manual standard and the, that auto is, I believe, a cost option. Um, but yeah, just you gotta get the stick. I mean, it's the same X Track six speed that's in the uh, the T fifty. This is a million dollars less expensive. This is only one point three seven million dollars. You, I thought you were being facetious. No, <laughs> you're being. That was literal. It's literally a million dollars cheaper. Correct. Yeah. Less expensive. I'm not gonna say cheaper, but no, I would uh, say cheaper. 
It's it's just fascinating. I mean, they, they talk about the development of the engine with Cosworth. And does, like, does it have like vinyl seats and stuff? Whether because it's I hope like, so. Because <laughs> it's a million dollars so. cheaper. Yeah, I, I, I can't even remember what he said when they like. Oh, well, how have you cut the cost that much? And then he basically just said, "We just front loaded all the cost to the T50 owners." Yeah, and it's sure. like, they're probably fine with it. Yeah, they're, well, I mean, if you're if you're spending money on T50, like money's not a problem. Right. Yeah. Two point five million dollars for a car that sold out in forty eight hours. You're not going to be thinking about it. Yeah. No. Um, so, speaking of my cool old super wagon, Tommy Pastrami uh, made a cool super wagon. Oh my uh, goodness. By Tommy Pastrami, I mean Travis Pastrana. Well, yeah. Uh, Tommy, I, I Tommy, knew what you were talking about. Well, for some of our newer listeners, Tom, I used to work at Subaru, and Ta- Travis Pastrana did a um, meet and greet at our dealership. Yep, I was there. And I had convinced the used car manager, his name was Tommy Pastrami, because he had no idea who the hell Travis Pastrana was, which I think is hilarious. I was a Subaru used car dealer manager. I had no idea who Travis Pastrana was. And he's kind of like a dickhead, so I'm like, cool. I really want to like, just like, make, like publicly embarrass this guy. So he comes out, and he's like super like used car manager friendly to Travis Pastrana, and he calls him Tommy Pastrami the whole time. I love that. <laughs> and I hope Travis was okay with it, too. He was just like, he was very, what the fuck? <laughs> he probably had a name tag that said Travis P, too. <laughs> I can't remember at the time. He but. didn't, but it was like, it was obviously, he had a shirt that had his name on it. What was his uh, co-driver um, that I, was there, too? I can't remember. Shoot. I liked him, too. But yeah, no, I went to that meet and greet. But, um... Yeah, Tommy so Pastrami. yeah, we call him Tommy Pastrami. <laughs> but anyway, so he does his own this whole uh, Jim Connor thing because Ken Block is like an old man now and can't turn a car. <laughs> um, and so Travis Pastrana is well, I guess he just has a skeleton that's entirely made of metal at this point. Because like watching him move around, he moves around like an old man. Because like every bone in his body has been broken before. Like that's why he moved to cars instead of like dirt bike <laughs> <Yeah>. racing. Because <laughs> like he had nothing left to break. Um, but yeah, no. So he chose that EA eighty one uh, Subaru GL as his new Gymkhana car, which is like cool as hell. That's an odd choice, but I do like it. It's super cool. I love that the <clears throat> paint job that they chose is reminiscent to the old Subaru. Yeah, I'm bummed that that one's in the background. It's hard yeah, to see it. it. That's the, well, that's the Subaru Olympics um, version that they had. So it, it was a special edition that was like in era that he did like a homage to. And this car was built by Hoonigan. This is probably the least cringy Hoonigan car ever made. Mm-hmm. It's super cool. It is not plastered with Monster uh, Energy logos, which is kind of cool. Um... <laughs> I don't even see any. Yeah, it's pretty great. I'm oh, not going to lie. That's a wrap. Um, but I would say that the one that uh, the one thing that gets me on this car is it is 5 by 100 which does make him a prick. Does that mean it's based on an 04 STI? I have no idea. But okay. uh, we were, was there, was, there was an ongoing discussion on if that PCD, it might be 5 by 114 but it looks dangerously close to 5 by 100 And if it's 5 by 100 that means he's a prick. Because there's, you know how BMW people have different camps? Like, you have classic BMW owners. Yeah, you've got O2 owners, you've got N54 owners. Yeah, and, and then you have, like, modern... Like, collector like, M car owners. Yeah, and you have like, yeah, and that's, like, kind of what you have. And then you have, like, the Drifty Boys that, like, have, like... E3. Oh, yeah, E36s. Yep. Like, you have the different camps of BMW people. The people that you so, never meet, even though you have the same car. Subaru people have are, like, even more diametrically opposed. So you have uh, 4x140 owners, and then you go by leg pattern. 
Because they Subaru had like two lug patterns their entire like history. No, no, no. They've had at least three. No, they they have had three because they had four by one forty, and then they had five by one hundred, and then they had the five by one forty two point three. Nope, that was only that was actually only on the STI. So I just you two lump, years of STI. You lump that into five by one hundred because it's basically the same people. What was the lug pattern on the air cooled ones? Anyway, you have the air cooled cars, so you basically it's like the three sixty. Yeah. It was like a really ridiculous like lug pattern. There's, there's they a, basically bolted to the outside of the drum, kind of like kind of looks like yeah, the fat five, or whatever they yeah. called it on the uh, a wide five. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it was basically a miniature wide five. But with classic Subaru owners, like the four by one forty people call um, anyway. That's with a five by one hundred car prick, even if it's a Subaru XT six, which is effectively a four by one forty car. If you own an XT six, you're close enough to a legacy owner that you're a prick, because they are like most Subaru owners. Like most people own so, Bug Eye STIs or pricks. Is a Bug Eye five by one hundred? Yeah, every Subaru that has a five lug pattern, with the exception of like the new couple of years of STI, have been five by one hundred. The Blob Eyes five by one hundred, except for 04, were not five by one hundred. Yes, they were. Except for the STI, the STIs when they changed it. Right, the STI from but, 05 and up was a different bolt pattern. Yep, but. The WRX. There's two camps there, though. No, they're not. Yeah. Because if, if you talk to a, a classic Subaru owner versus one of those people, mm-hmm. they're, those two are basically the same kind of prick. I understand. But like one one the has old, slightly more money. The 4x140 people hate the 5x100 people. Yes. But the 5x100 people hate the 4x140 people and the 5x114.3 people. Yeah, they all hate each other. Every, and everybody hates the 5x100 people because they're just the worst. Um, That's but the 4x140 people are the best because they're basically just like Australian rednecks. Nice. And they're they're absolutely wonderful. Every single person's great. They like are they like Gerald from Grand or um, from the the Clarkson's farm? Yes. Like they're you're not wrong. Like it's literally what they're absolutely wonderful. Like they're the sort of people like they're the sort of people that like restore pubs. Like they're the people that buy a pub and restore is it, it. Is it James May? He would imagine James May, but like in a Mad Max universe. Hmm. And that's what oh, you get. Lord. That's what you get. You get James like Mad Maxy version of James May, and that's classic Subaru people. I don't know if I like James Max, but yeah, they're, they're absolutely wonderful. I will tell you that uh, every birthday I've had since my twenty third, the very first person to tell me happy birthday was this guy named Gerard who lives in Australia and he collects EA seventy ones. Oh, he's damaged goods. He yeah, he, he, has, <laughs> he collects EA seventy ones and Hillman imps. It's a really good... How single is this man? He's married. Oh, my God. That's just... <laughs> Every time I see somebody like that on the internet, I'm like, okay, I'm fine. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be fine. Hey, he's, he's doing great. Oh, my God. There's so many woof-woofs outside. There are a bunch of boofers. There's four. There's four whole boofers outside. Wow. That one's peeing and... Oh, he's pooping. That one in the back looks really old because he's doing a not-strong walk. The, the, these are these are weird-looking dogs. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. Um... But yeah, he he works on like giant uh, container ship engines. Oh, Corey would love that. Yeah, it, very cool uh, actually. And actually, one of the ships he the MV Goliath was the one that he used to work on, and uh, it had a problem in Tasmania where it crashed into a tug, <laughs> and then crashed that tug into another tug, and then sank both of them, <laughs> and it had a scratch. And that was it. <laughs> was it piloted by uh, that Italian guy that ran that cruise ship into the ground? <laughs> No, but it was it was like a comical problem. If you just like, uh, if you Google like MV Goliath, if you're a listener, just like Google MV Goliath, 
uh, accident, and you'll see it happened on like Friday. It was very funny. Oh, recent. Yeah, like it just happened. Oh it, it looks like somebody like <laughs> shot a cannon into this tugboat because <laughs> it was a giant container ship. Just like full tilt, just like smashed into it all, like piloting to like. It could be going port. one mile an hour. It'll still destroy that. Thing. Yes, it's exactly. like a hydraulic press channel. Yeah, it's exactly what it, what happened. Is so it was going? I think like two or three. <laughs> it's just like it was chuching, and it just destroyed. Hello, and today us. we're going to be crashing tugboat <laughs> with the MV Goliath. So yeah. here we go. <laughs> It's exactly like that. If yeah. I could get the permission from the video owner and Hydraulic Press Channel to make that dub, I would. That'd I be think very... that would be excellent. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be excellent. Because <laughs> I guarantee the whole thing's on video. Well, I'm sure it is, yeah, because the video is like in every accident. boat. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. very funny. <laughs> the, the dash cam and the tugboat just <laughs> listing lazily and then, and to then the right. the water starts rising. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, if you are wondering, uh, one of the tugboats... Is for sure savable. Oh, that's good. And the other one, once they pull it out of the water, might be savable. <laughs> what a ridiculous thing. <laughs> I know, right? But luckily, the good thing about boats, unlike cars, when they get hit, they usually just go down. True. So they don't take a ton of damage, and this one, most of the damage was to the cab. Path of least resistance. Yeah, exactly. So... There we go. Well, speaking of other absolutely hilarious things that make you want to shake your head that happened recently. Yes. The Hyundai Santa Fe. Yes. Not something I would normally talk about because it's a CUV, but... It's not as good as the, Ver as the Santa Cruz. That is also correct. <laughs> kind of out of left field, so my brain is having trouble processing, but... Carry on. This vehicle is one of the many modern vehicles of, we'll say, the last 10 years that has replaced the physical gauge cluster, which is awesome, with a terrible LCD. However... This is kind of great because there's a software bug where the entire display will soft rotate 180 degrees. So your gauges are upside down. <laughs> That's a holiday problem. And apparently this is happening an awful lot. So you get to learn. Your, I mean, this is a great cognitive is this, training session. Is this session. for when they're not in Australia? <laughs> <laughs> These cars are under protest because they thought they were shipping to Australia. Yeah, they came to America again. <laughs> But I, I really, really like that. I That's, mean, this you know, there's just one piece of code that just got this ignored a, by the system. This is also such a Hyundai thing, because Hyundai, like, Subaru, you know, like, Subaru just has, like, catastrophic problems. Like, they have the same two catastrophic problems. And, like, Volkswagen has, like, actually catastrophic problems quite literally everywhere, and they don't give a shit. Yep. Hyundai survives entirely off of doing soft recalls and non-safety-related recalls that don't show up on your Carfax. Mm -hmm. It's like if you, like, if you have a safety recall on, like, a Hyundai Sonata, you have, like, two recalls. If you cup recall on a Hyundai Sonata, mm -hmm. there's literally dozens. I believe it. And, uh, like, the only one I really know is the, the GDI engine with the delamination stuff. But... Oh, no, that's, that's like a major one. No, there, it's for, like, the little chrome trim piece on the shifter handles uh, oh, will delaminate. And it'll be sharp, and it'll lacerate your hand. Oh, that sounds poor. Yeah, it's poorly. Um, and then they would have things where the radio, um, instead of going up one volume notch every time you, you click the knob, it would go up ten. That was one that happened Excellent. on Hyundai, <clears throat> or sorry, Kia Souls when I was working there. Is that a poor quality encoder? Uh, nope, it was just a software issue. Ah. Yes, it was a weird software bug, so Great. I'm not surprised by this. This also appears to be a weird software bug. Because we also have like an old, because even who bought old Kia Souls or boomers, old people, boomers, and yeah. they wouldn't, they wouldn't feel the notch. They just like they wouldn't care to think about that. They sit and spin. They'd sit and spin, and they'd max out their stereo and go, "Oh my god, this is so loud." They should just like soft limit the and volume up to like sixty percent. 
<laughs> like your hearing aids will take up the slack. Yeah, you'll trust be fine. Me. Don't worry. But I, I kind of wish something like. I mean, when when my car has a tech failure, my Model S, it's just tragic. Yeah, no, this but is entertaining. This is fun. Yeah, that's kind of what you get with like Hyundai. If you want like entertaining software bugs, like Hyundai is your brand. So, like, you can still see all of the data, and your brain is going to get stronger because it's being forced to do something that isn't normal. Yeah, that's good. This is going to keep you. This is going to keep you from having Alzheimer's. This will increase your IQ, so you won't buy another CUV. Yeah, this will make you smarter. All right. Well, uh, speaking of smart people, uh, smart people build cool things. They do, and they sometimes are insurance agents. And there's an insurance agent in the 1950s that we talked about. Named Bob Hirohata. And Bob Hirohata had a very cool Mercury. He did. Arguably the single coolest American piece of automotive anything ever created, period. Certainly the coolest American custom car. Yeah. it's. I would say this is probably the single greatest automotive creation to have ever come from the North American continent. And I genuinely don't think anybody can dispute that, because I cannot think of another American thing that's Anywhere near as cool as the Hirohana Mercury. Yeah, I don't think this I is like a, a couple of European cars that are like, eh, this is pretty cool. But like, as far There's as things, some French stuff that give this a run for its money, but and, yeah, and it's like, but like nothing in America. Um, so yeah, the Hirohana Mercury sold. We were talking about it yeah. uh, I think last episode. We talked about it. It was a couple episodes. Yeah, it was a couple episodes. It, well, we recorded it last time we were recording. So this is your last episode or episode before that. Um, we could easily just control F and type in Hirohata on the yeah, notes, but we're not going to do that. Nah. Um, because then... Everyone's listen- used to us at this yeah, point. Yeah, you, you can just listen to the other episodes. Um, it finally sold um, for a staggering $2.145 million after auction fees. I was going to say, I thought it sold for one point nine five. And then you do the math on the auction fees, and ah. it's two point one four five. Well, I don't... I can't afford that, so... No, nobody can. Well, except for this one guy. <laughs> yeah, as I understand, he's a he owns a Ford dealer in California, and he's bought a bunch of other one-offs, like the uh, I forget the name of the guy, but he made like those fiberglass bass boat paint like uh, bubble cars that were like, looked like they were out of comic books, and a couple of those were uh, in like museums in Mexico, like and stuff George like Barris. That. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. Especially today, you're not going to get a clear answer out of me. No, that's fair. That guy has a track record of buying one-offs that were not well cared oh, wow. for. Wow. And he did have a bunch of cool shit. Yeah. So this is this is a dude. So I'm glad he's ended he up with this. Also car. owns the GM Futureliner, mm. the 1954 Oldsmobile F88 concept car. Which, mm. um, if you don't know what that is, look at it. It's the coolest C1 Corvette you ever seen. <laughs> It was a C1 Corvette <clears throat> with a Oldsmobile V8, which was at the time in 19... should have been a straight eight. Well, in 19... hey, look, it's a Generation One XLR. Pretty much, yeah, that's exactly what that is. But in 1954, uh, they didn't have a <clears throat> V8 in the Corvette. That didn't happen until the end of right. 55. Yep. Which, incidentally, I found out that it was the same body styles, the 53 and 54 Corvette. So actually, the 55 Corvette's my favorite Corvette. Um, but yeah, this is cool as hell because it has an Oldsmobile Rocket 88 in it, and like would have fucking dicked on everything. Oh god, yeah, uh, they are then, very lightweight vehicles. Uh, he also owns the 1954 Pontiac Bonneville Motorama, um, which I what a great don't name. know what the hell that is. <clears throat> uh, I actually have to Google that because that might have been the same year Motorama that this car was unveiled. The Hirohato Merc. Well, the car is called a Motorama uh, concept car. The Hirohata Merc was actually 
Bob Hirohata's Daily Driver for I know, but this several years. It was presented at a Motorama in '53 or '54. The Pontiac Bonneville. Okay, so the Pontiac Bonneville is another C1 Corvette, but made by Pontiac. Guy <laughs> really likes C1 Vets, but not C1 Vets. Yeah, C1 Vets <clears throat> aren't C1 Vets. This thing is wild. Like, imagine if George Barris tried to make a slab. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's oh, cool. God. This is really cool. George Barris is still alive in a prison, and he's being forced to design slabs. <laughs> I love it. I'm here for it. Um, but, yeah, no, this is, this is like, uh, it's very cool. This car is going to a good home. This guy's got a good collection of 1950s American cars, and um, I highly recommend collecting 1950s American cars because they're depreciating very quickly. And they will continue to yes. as the boomers die off. Um, oh, and by comparison, um, how much do you think a, let's say, a Concours quality 1951 Mercury Club Coupe that this is based off of, how much do you think a stock one of those is worth? $7,500. Oh, it's more, worth more than that. We're talking Concours quality. The best you can get. Like, yeah, all cars are bullshit, so I don't know. Um, $55,000 is oh, okay. what, like, it, uh, because this is the... Like E30 M3 of American hot it rods. Very well could be. No, that's I'm just saying. Like it for people. Like it that as far as performance and quality, this is the. I like this this one. This one. Yes, good. this one's very good. The custom one's neat. Yeah, the custom ones like the like a DTM <clears throat> E30 M3s. And it's got the red handle screwdrivers in the trunk. Yes, with yeah. the red handle screwdrivers. It's got all yeah. the factory accessories. It's got like the '80s Olympic ski blazer <laughs> in the trunk, brand new. Yes, this has all that kind of crap. Yeah, going this for is it. what this this is what that one is. Yeah. So it's a very cool car. I'm very happy to see that this still exists and that it is doing well. It is cool. I, I will fully concede. I've talked, especially uh, Ryan at work. We've talked about this over uh, lunch on. on I feel, I feel like you're you're gonna eventually appreciate fully appreciate American vehicles. I. Don't think so. Because there's a thing where I will appreciate anything that's of excellent quality, which that car is. Yes, I think this is a thing. You're starting you are, with shit. When you it's from are this beginning to appreciate cars not for their performance, but for how dumb they are. No, that started a long time ago. Look yeah. at my collection. Yeah, it's all cars that are performed very well. D- no, these aren't dumb cars. They're most Dylan Clements is a collection of dumb okay, cars. Okay, fine. You do not have a collection of dumb cars. Um, I guess. You don't have a single Nissan Stanza True. in your collection. I cannot afford to have an unreliable car. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> so, American Which cars are... really well into my next topic. <laughs> American cars, you're going to eventually fully appreciate dumb cars, and you're going to end up with a flathead something. Someday, someday I am confident are, yes. I will have a flathead engine, but it will not be in an American car. It, you're going to have to get in an American car because they're so much cheaper in an entire vehicle. And then I will buy the vehicle from you. Well, maybe. <clears throat> and, but there will be a point in your and life you're gonna where you... are going to put a nail head in it. Yes! <laughs> and everybody's going to be happy. I'm going to have a nail head powered Ford, and you're going to have a Ford powered E30 M3. Unless I put it in like a broken Model S or like a Chevy SS. Just have a flathead powered SS. Or a Fox body Mustang. No, I Which hate, would be hilarious. Well, like, get, like, an aero body kit, like, like Celine with, like, no engine for some reason, and you just put a flathead in it. I'd have to get... Beautiful. I'm trying to think of, like, there's an American GMC car that's kind of... Cyclone. No, because the... No. No. I couldn't do that to a Cyclone. <laughs> a, those are too expensive. Like, Typhoons are still kind of in my budget, but I cannot even imagine the tragedy of trying to maintain something like that. A 700R4 and a 4.3 Turbo from the 90s? That's not going to be no. a good combination of reliability, but I'm trying to think of like a rear-wheel drive platform American car that I don't hate that isn't like a bajillion dollars, and there's 
just yeah, it's very difficult like to find. Nothing. It's very difficult to find. Maybe like a no, a second gen C4 would be interesting. Maybe with a flathead in it, but that'd be funny. That'd be a very good one. I think any Corvette with a flathead would be perfect. Even a first gen vet with a flathead. Uh, I got early C1. I got a blue flame C1 yep. with a flathead. <laughs> That, that would, would be actually good. be pretty. Period. That'd be very cool, and it actually you could supercharged flathead would make more power than a blue flame. Yeah, but also a little bit. Those poor three main bearings. <laughs> I will say the superchargers for flatheads are the coolest goddamn things ever. A McCullough supercharger is probably the greatest. It's like thing. triple V belts with a ninety degree bevel drive and a centrifugal blower, and yeah. no intercooler. It's and like a, a single Stromberg yeah. ninety eight oh, yeah. carburetor yeah, on the just... top. <laughs> <laughs> So just like watching like like you hear a 350z with a bro charger, you, all you're hearing is the bypass valve. This it's literally you're hearing the venturi of the carburetor it's complaining. Just blowing. <laughs> that's just called blower. It's just that's where the term came. From. It's just the sound of the venturi. Oh my god. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, um, the American cars I like most are unreliable. It is so. fair. And well, the thing is, like, I didn't like American cars for the longest time until I found out like there's a. Like, there's a lot of American cars that people want to talk about that are cool. Yeah. Example. Specifically, the only muscle car I like, the 1974 GTO. It was a one-year only. It was choked by emissions. It made, and it had the net horsepower versus gross horsepower thing. Oh, yeah. And it was emissions <laughs> choked. But as soon as you took off the one catalytic converter, which is all the emissions choking they did. <clears throat> wow. And you put on a four-barrel carburetor from a 73, mm -hmm. you... Like, doubled your power that you made. Did they change the cam, too? No. Okay, that's They good. literally just threw a cat and, like, restricted the... They just had it on the dyno, and they kept, like, putting smaller and smaller restrictor plates yes. on it. Yes, <laughs> like, pretty much. It was basically, they did... It was, like, it was a 74, so it's, like, the absolute bare minimum of, like, emissions. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as you take that off, it... it and then also, it weighs like a 1,000 pounds lighter than oh, wow. the actual, like, GTO weighed, because it was based off, like, the Malaise era... Like a body, I think. That's when they went to their, their miser shit. Yeah, and it was like everything else is a miser based off that car. Nobody <laughs> bought it, but it's the coolest <clears throat> muscle car, and nobody bought it. So the problem with American cars is everybody that bought them had bad taste. Yeah, because they're all Americans. Yeah, and, but there's cool American cars that are exist. They're just there is they're in a stuff. sea of trash. There's a sea of trash. You'd have to ask a European what a cool American car is because they've done the digging. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, actually, or ask a Japanese person, like, what are you willing to import? Like, yeah. that, that's kind of your thing. Because it's not always the very expensive car. Because, like, everybody, every Japanese person will say, like, yeah, fuel you, like, try five. Like, okay, cool. What also would you import? Because nobody has enough money. Give me a worse five. answer. G give me give me an answer for something that costs, like, $10,000 to $20,000. Not yeah. ninety to $100,000. <laughs> They're... Oh shoot! It was the later S10 version, but there was like, remember the Extreme? Yes, that was a weird vehicle. Man. Yes, those yeah. all got driven into the ground. They like, all did. An and like the, one. the last three that are left in the world are like in Japan. But I think I'd rather have a Tacoma X Runner, which is the same thing yeah. but good. Yes, you're right. <laughs> but I hate pickups. I'm just not into it. Anyway, talking anyway, about unreliable on. American cars in Europe. In Europe. <laughs> This just warms my heart because all the idiotic Tesla fanboys in this country just giving Musk the virtual blowjob constantly. Speaking of such, did you hear that Piss Jugs passed 600 miles on his Segway? No. And he was very proud of it. I said, that's 600 whole miles of you looking like more of a douche than you normally look. 
and everybody haha reacted my comment, and nobody. Why liked is it, it not in the fail feed? Oh, I guess I could put it in the fail feed. He, but anyway, he reacts to my post on the Minnesota Tesla group, but I don't see anything of his life otherwise. Um, anyway, it just warms my heart that all the issues that all of us know about in these Teslas are making three-year-old Teslas fail tube inspections. That's hilarious. So it's all the shit that we deal with. Like, you know how rigorous tube is. Yeah. Like anything wrong with your car inside and outside mechanically. Yeah. Everything's the best. It is. You know why? Because they don't let anything slide. And you know what that means? Cars are safe. That in also Germany, it's actually expensive to junk a car. So you can get not tooth passing Renault Twingos for a hundred dollars there, mm-hmm. and they as need, long as you export them, <laughs> and they need yeah as long as you don't junk them in this country of Germany, and all you can do is like put a tie rod or yeah, a sway bar in link and some tires on it, and you're mm-hmm. good. Maybe an exhaust or like some uh, sheet metal body patching. Like not even sway, like literally yeah. not even that. Like it's like a sway bar link will cause you to not pass tooth. Yep, that's hilarious. Oh yeah, so all these, these all these Teslas aren't passing tooth. Yep, so it's things like the door handles breaking. On the later LED headlight Model S, you've seen them, I'm sure, where part of the LED running light goes out. Huge systemic problem to fail. <laughs> Even if you don't have them on, they'll turn them on and they'll fail you for it. But there's just tons and tons of quality issues that, again, the, the, the hood latch, the front latch on these things. There's so much crap that Tesla's just gotten away with not fixing MCU. That won't boot. Which you're done. It won't. Like You're not going to get a pass. You can't turn on your... your I don't know your fog lights. They they lit. I and mean, this thing is like too. It's it's not like bar or like for or not bar uh, carb. Yeah, no. Well, it's actually bar. Right. Yeah, bar. Yeah, bar. Um, it's not like passing the like California like bar. It, you're that's not that hard to pass. Like yeah, it's you a sniffer and an OBD two connector. Yeah, and that's it. And like <laughs> if you don't pass it, they let you fix it. This one like if you don't pass, you have a problem. Or, yeah. like, it's, like, this and, like, Shock Hen are very similar, which is also why you see so many amazing whatever Japanese cars in America, because they don't pass Shock Hen. And that's why you see so many uh, powertrains, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. On pellets. It's just, man. But it warms my heart that the only vehicles that were worse than this after three years of being new were Deitches. That's amazing. Like $10,000 cars. Yeah. Good. Oh, also, I forgot. Um, uh, Model S and X specifically, but it's been well-known here forever. The air suspension cars ruin half shafts and control arms just uncontrollable yeah they just blow through them because yeah. the geometry is all fucked up yeah um so sense. they're all failing for that too also have air suspension which i things i don't trust tesla and air suspension 2018 plus they're all air suspension yeah i don't trust <clears throat> that like i i don't trust yeah. air suspension on a subaru much less a tesla i mean Subarus it, are much more reliable the system's largely based on like the uh active body control i think no, yeah. airmatic. Airmatic. That's what I'm thinking of. It's largely based on airmatic. So I mean, it's it's as good as air suspension gets, but that's not saying anything. Air it's as good as terrible. air suspension gets for a car that weighs 1,500 pounds less than this one does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's not as good as air suspension gets. That's as good as air suspension gets is like the air suspension in like a Peterbilt. Like that's good air suspension. But this I'm very happy that. that this is coming up. I'm thrilled from about an agency because like, I'm really happy about fix this. Fix your product. Yeah, no, I'm really, 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 really happy about this, and I just like when bad things happen to Elon Musk. Yeah, no, me too. So, there, did you see a story today about the uh, the 17 year old that figured out how to track Elon Musk's personal? Yes, yeah, so he tried to pay him off for and five grand. And the 17 like, year old, like, Model Three. <clears throat> the 17 year old's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> send me Model Three, 50 grand, or give me an internship. Were his terms? That's great. So, anyway, I wouldn't want the internship because that'd be awful. Uh, yeah, but apparently he does. So whatever. I wouldn't want to fucking be around Elon Musk. <laughs> 
I'd rather be around Jeff Bezos. And Don't I worry, like we'll, either. we'll just leave him in space. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Leave I think on that, on that, that's a good bombshell to end on. We'll see you in a week. We'll see you next week.